Praise the Lord. Father, I thank You that You are forgiving. You are gracious. You are magnificent. So, Lord, I know that You have a treat for us from Your Word today. I know this, Father, because You are great. You are good. You are holy. You alone are mighty and majestic. So, Lord, be with us. Open our hearts. Open our ears. Open our minds. Open our entire being to receive the truth of Your Word, I pray. In Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Our spiritual battle training today is going to teach us what it means to be shielding fiery darts. Shielding fiery darts. I plan to show you how our faith acts as a shield to protect us. It protects us from those things that are thrown at us. The wicked, the enemy, the the enemy of souls, and those that work with the enemy of souls attempt to trick us and lead us out of God's blessedness. Together we're going to learn the types of fiery darts that our faith shields us from. And we're instructed to stand. But if we don't remain faithful, we will not remain standing. These are important points. I want each of us to be enriched in our faith, strengthened in the power of God's might. I want us to be strengthened in the promises of Almighty God to serve Him to His glory. I want you to open your Bibles, and we'll put it up on the screen there. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. I believe that's page 1801 in those Bibles in your seats. 1801. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 10 through 18 today. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. This is a command. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I pray in Christ's name. This was... The Apostle Paul writing to people, men and women, young people and old, just like us. And he's saying, you're in a war. There will be battles. You need to be prepared. 
And as we've gone through this series of messages, we have looked at parts of this armor, the armor of God. And we see that verse 16 instructs believers, above all, taking the shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Or the wicked one. And this shield referred to at that time was the Roman shield. This was almost as big as the entire body. This is one of the, the shields that's referred to. There was another that was uh, an oval, or not an oval, excuse me, a round shield. But this is primarily, when they went into battle, that's what they were wearing or carrying. Excuse me. It was a large, oblong, wooden shield about the size of a small door. It was big. It went from head to toe so that they could protect themselves from those flaming arrows, those flaming darts that were being thrown. And those shields were covered with animal hides, and those hides would be soaked with water. The water was to quench the burning pitch-covered arrows. Sometimes they would group together to form what was called a testudo formation to advance. They would cover their heads and the front with the shield. And that was to keep those darts from coming down on them behind the shields as they were moving forward. And this is a picture of how faith protects believers from the hell, fire, burning temptations that are shot at us. The only way to strengthen faith is to exercise it. And the only way to exercise it is to use it. So if you pray for faith, God gives you opportunities to exercise it. Ask me how I know. Because I've been there. Because I've prayed for faith. I've prayed for all of the things that any of you might pray for. Because I've needed it. I need faith just like all of you, because life happens. The enemy tries to take us out of our position in Christ. It's sad, but we have to battle. Believers get plenty of opportunities to exercise their faith. Each of us does. Instead of being a physical shield, your faith is above all, over all. It is a shield that envelops you like spiritual light. It's almost like a bubble. You probably have seen the movie The Boy in the Bubble. It's protected. You can't see the shield. It is invisible. But it is there nonetheless. Our spiritual strength comes from Almighty God in Christ. The Scripture tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Think about that Scripture whenever you're in a battle. This is one of the reasons why the Scripture tells us, Hebrews 10.25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as has become the custom of some. God tells us to pull together, and it helps to strengthen our faith. It helps to shield us from the attacks. We're strong when the Word of God abides in us, and we overcome the wicked by the living Word, which is Christ. The living Word of God is where our protection is. This is our shield. 
Remember, it's written in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18, for in that He Himself has suffered being tempted, He is able to aid those who are tempted. Christ Himself was tempted. You may recall the devil took Him and said, hey, I'll give you the whole world. I'll give you all these kingdoms. I'll give you everything you want. Now, how could He have offered Him everything if He didn't have the authority to do so? Christ didn't say, you don't have the authority to do that. No, He had the authority to do it. And the devil does the same thing today. And all you have to do is look at how many Christian pastors and other leaders in Christendom have fallen because they gave in to the temptations of the enemy. It's sad. I've learned recently of a number of pastors, not in this area, although I knew one in this area. The enemy wants to take us out. And we need to exercise our faith to stay in Christ. We're strong when God's Word abides in us. It's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And I know anybody who sat in this congregation for any length of time has heard me preach that more than once. No matter what the temptation is, God gives you a way out, and you need to avail yourself of that, and that is only by faith. You must trust in Him to deliver you from evil. God doesn't tempt us, but He makes the way out of that temptation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, it's written, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. This is Paul. He had prayed to God. He said, God, I can't take this anymore. Please take this away. And God said, no, no, I'm not going to deliver you from that one. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, God says, I got you covered, but you got to live with that. Whatever that thorn in his side was, what he called it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong, Paul said. And where does the strength come from? It comes from God, not from self. We need to exercise our faith. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I can't do what I'm doing here today without Christ. I won't tell you the whole story, but I cannot do it without Him. I don't have the ability to do it without Him. This is why I yield. This is why I say I surrender. Take me. Use me. Give me utterance. Give me that unction to speak and preach and teach the Word, His Word, Almighty God's Word. And I have to do that. And I think maybe that's why there's so many difficulties this morning, so that I would fully yield to Him, because I know I can't do it on my own. Listen to what's written in 2 Peter, chapter 2 and verse 9. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. God knows how to deliver us, and He will deliver us by faith. 
In Romans chapter 3, it's written, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, and know that no one may take your crown. Revelation chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. This is Christ Himself speaking to His people. I will keep you from the hour of trial. I believe we're entering that hour. We're coming to that place in time where Scripture says things are going to change rapidly. Things are going to change beyond our recognition. And He says, I will keep you. He doesn't tell us how He's going to keep us. And there are some who say He's going to come in and He's going to whisk everybody out of here that believes in Him, and everybody else is going to have to deal with it. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. But I do trust that He's going to keep us. I do trust that. Almighty God told Abram in a vision, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. What? God is the shield? I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. And our Creator gives us the same protection through faith. In Him, through Christ, He is our shield. He is our exceedingly great reward. Now, look what's written in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever. How long? Forever! He doesn't say till things get tough. He says forever. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. Exercising faith pleases Almighty God. But, it's written in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He's the rewarder. He's the protector. He's the shield. He's the strength. I get in trouble whenever I rely on me. I try to trust in me. I try to figure it out myself. That's where I fall short. I confess before my brothers and sisters. And I'm learning still at this ripe old age to trust in Him, to have faith in Him, to place my faith in Him, because we are all tempted by whatever our weakness is we're all tempted to step out of Him and into that weakness. The phrase, above all, in Ephesians 6.16, indicates that the shield of faith is the most important aspect of our protection. Above all. Over all. All the other parts of the armor hinge upon faith. For without faith, you will not be in Christ. Without faith, you will not have your feet in gospel shoes going forth and proclaiming the good news. Without faith, you will not have any of those aspects of the armor, which is Christ. Faith enables us to trust in the providence of Almighty God. Faith guards believers from those burning desires. Faith guards believers from temptations and evil that's thrown at us. Those 
temptations and desires and the evil that's thrown at us is like fiery spears and missiles from the enemy. There's fire coming at us to take us out of Christ. The faith that's spoken of here is conviction of the truth that God exists first. And He's the creator and ruler of all things, second. And He is the provider of salvation. That's the faith that's spoken of. That's the shield. If we believe that He exists, we believe that He's the provider, we believe that He gives us salvation, then we don't have to rely on ourselves. It's a strong, willing conviction that Jesus is the Messiah. And He's the one that we obtain everlasting life through in God's kingdom. Our faith in Almighty God and Christ as our Savior is trust and fidelity. It's ongoing faithfulness to God. Ongoing, continuing, continuous faith in God. We live in our conviction of the truth of God in Christ. And the shield of faith includes trust and assurance. It includes love and obedience. If we love Him, we obey Him. This is what Christ said. And too often today, I I hear messages from from pastors, perhaps well-meaning, who say, you don't have to obey. Go sin it up. Do whatever you want. You're under grace. They're leading people into damnation. That phrase, fiery darts, represents lightning-like temptations. Rapid temptations. Charging you. Those darts, that word darts comes from a Greek word that means missiles or darts or arrows and even javelins. So it covers all the different types of temptations that can be thrown at you, no matter what they are, no matter how large or how small. I get tempted to overeat sometimes. Sometimes I give in. I do. And all those temptations that hit hard and fast are designed and intended to take people down. This often happens with things like intoxication. Power. Some people get so consumed with power that the temptation to do things in the wrong way takes over. And others fall prey to sexual sins. And these are very, very important to understand. Intoxication and power and sexual sin are three that are, are talked about very much in Scripture to avoid because they destroy us. The word quench literally means to extinguish. And I know this is more of a teaching message, but we need to understand this to go forward, folks. As we encounter difficult times, we have to be strengthened in the power of His might. That idea of quenching is a symbol of suppression and smothering. If you've ever seen a fire that's being smothered, Still smoldering, but not quite burning. That's the idea. So those fiery darts aren't completely extinguished immediately. The temptation will rise up. It'll try to ignite within you that fire. And not the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
in Christ. Our faith smothers the fiery temptations to sin like removing oxygen smothers a blaze. That's what our faith does. Our faith is that action that we can employ. Pick up that shield, and you've got to be in Christ to understand that you are shielded. And it's a choice, because you can choose to step out from behind that shield. You can choose to make yourself vulnerable to that temptation. And I can't tell you how many times I'm tempted. I can tell you, though, that I've learned not to step out from that shield of faith. I trust that no matter what happens, God has me protected. In Christ, by faith, we're empowered to overcome temptation without giving into it. Those who are in Christ are certain that nothing sinful is acceptable in the eyes of Almighty God. Nothing sinful is acceptable in the eyes of Almighty God. He doesn't give us a leash and says, okay, go to the end of the leash, and that's enough sin. And there's people that think that's how it is. Think, well, I can go out and do this, and, and then I'll just tell them I'm sorry, and then I'll be okay. You may not willfully sin and expect the grace of God to fall upon you. His word is clear. If we willfully sin, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. And there's too many people who are calling themselves Christian today, even in leadership, who are doing exactly that. Without conviction of the truth that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, we will just go out and sin. Without the conviction that God will protect us from the, the sin or the temptation to sin, we don't have that defense. Without a biblically founded, enthusiastic conviction that Jesus is the Messiah, we obtain eternal salvation through Him and Him alone. People burn with sinful desire. They don't believe that He exists. They don't believe that He's the Messiah. They don't believe that He's the one that came to save the world from sin. And so they run headlong into it. The Greek word that's translated quench occurs seven other times in Scripture. Seven other times. The Greek word is asbestos. You're familiar with that English word, right? It's unquenched, unquenchable, eternal hell fire to punish the damned. That's the meaning of the word. Now, our word says we're fireproof with asbestos, right? But the Greek word means it's unquenchable fire. And whenever the Scriptures talk about when Jesus talked about this, what He said, and especially if we look in Mark, I think it's chapter 9. Is that what I have, Mark chapter 9? Yeah. I don't know if I pulled up the Scripture. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, there's several places in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus talks about the eternal fires of hell that do not go out. They're unquenchable. They're unstoppable. And He warns people against this. There are preachers today who say there is no hell. They say there is no fire. This punishment is just separation from God. I've heard preachers, myself, with my own ears, say these things. They're going contrary to the one they claim to follow. If we follow the one that we call Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, if we follow Him, we've got to follow His teaching. And He said to preach and teach everything that He commanded. 
He warned against it because it's real. He wouldn't have made it up. If he made it up, guess what? He's a liar. And if he's a liar, he's not the Messiah. And so they're turning him into a liar, and they're saying, without saying it overtly, they're saying he's not the Messiah. They're lying to masses of people. They will answer to God for that. Jesus said the fire of hell burns and burns and burns forever. That's important to understand. It's not the only part of the message that we're to understand, but why do we resist temptation? We resist temptation so that we are not defiled in His sight. We resist temptation so that in the end we are saved by Christ who gives us the strength to resist those temptations. The just live by faith not by fear, and I'm not trying to instill fear in you, but you need to understand that this is real. This is part of our walk in Christ. We're shielded from that fire. We're shielded from the fiery darts that will lead us into that fire. Christ is our armor, and in Christ we are shielded from giving in to temptation. We have the strength. God makes the way. His Word says that. And if you don't believe that, then we need to sit down and talk, folks. He makes it clear we are enabled by God, who makes the way out of the temptation, to say, no, I will not, when the enemy throws those fiery darts at you. There is now no con condemnation to those who are in Christ. Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And that's the difference. Either we're walking in the flesh or we're walking in the Spirit. And the wicked ones that are spoken of there in Ephesians chapter 6, 16 means all evil creatures, not just the devil, but including the devil and those who serve him, whether they're spiritual or they're human. Okay? The wicked ones are evil in effect. They're evil in influence, and they are morally diseased. The wicked pressure and harass. The wicked bring toils. The wicked bring perils. The wicked bring pain and troubles. And all of those things beat against our faith. The wicked attempt to cause doubt. And they seek to deceive and lead us away from God. And lead us out of our protection in Christ. The wicked tempt you to fear and not trust in the providence of Almighty God. The strength that we have is not our own. It is Christ. Christ is our strength. It's all that we need to do is hold on to and remain in Christ by faith. Our willing belief and conviction in the truth of Almighty God and Christ our Savior strengthens us against every form of evil. Our faith brings us into the family of God as children. And we've looked at these, these ideas in other messages. And I, I don't know if anybody was here that's in the room right now, but I know that I've preached on these topics. It's written in the 11th chapter of Luke that our Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Do you want His Spirit? Then ask Him. It doesn't have to be some big fancy thing. We don't have to do it as a congregation, although we could do it as a congregation. You ask, and you will receive. God, I want your Spirit. I want your Spirit to come down on me. I want your Spirit to take a hold of me and use me to your glory. I want your Spirit so that I can walk in holiness. 
Holy Spirit enables our faith to be strengthened against all temptation. Remember what's written in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. In Romans chapter 8, and then you go into verses 16 and 17, excuse me, it's written, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. And sometimes, folks, that Scripture makes it clear, we may have to suffer. And I know that's not a recruitment message for Christ. That's not what the world tells you. The world says, oh, yeah, come to Jesus, and everything's going to go your way. Come to Jesus, and it's all going to be good. Come to Jesus, and He's going to make you rich. Come to Jesus, He'll give you your favorite spouse. Come to Jesus, and your life is going to be great. Come to Jesus, and you're going to have a wonderful house. Come to Jesus, and you'll get yourself a Bentley, right? That's not what the Scripture says. The Scripture says all of your needs will be met, not all of your desires. The temptation of the enemy is always aimed at taking us out of Christ, who is our spiritual armor. We find steps of temptation when the serpent tempted Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, we read about that. First, he cunningly lured Eve away from God. How did he do that? Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Because he didn't have everything but this tree. He tried to lead her away from God. This is what he does with us. The first step in his assault is to cause you to doubt God. God said, don't eat of that tree. And now when you doubt God, you do what God says not to do. That's his first step of assault. And he'll use anybody or anything. It's not just a tree or a piece of fruit. Gets you to doubt the truth of God's Word. His next step is dishonesty. Falsehood, outright lying. He told Eve, a bold-faced lie, you will not surely die. Bold-faced lie. And the next step in the progression of temptation is lust for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And this is not of the Father, but it's of the world. This is what the Scripture says. All three of those things are outlined in the passage where we find Eve being tempted. So when we, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh, because she saw the food. Now it was pleasant to the eyes, and there again is the lust of the eyes. You know, we have we own a television set and it's connected to a Netflix service and we try to find something once in a while to watch for entertainment or maybe even educational purposes and we come across things that's always I have I can't say that there's much of anything that's worth watching because it leads you into temptation not out of it I won't go into the details because I could find myself yelling at that thing I don't like to see this mess that's on this, uh, this, this, this thing we call television. And I think it's leading God's people astray. Because it does play on the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. But not just that. 
Eve saw that this was a tree desirable to make one wise, and that covers the pride of life. Because after all, she could be wise. That was the most unwise thing she ever did. The same with Adam. After Adam sinned, both became afraid. There was no fear in the garden before Adam sinned. No fear. Think about that. Fear did not exist before sin. This is one of the biggest temptations in the church today. Just look at that pandemic of fear that swept through the world, not just this land. Swept through the professing churches, the talking heads tempted leaders to fear. Remember what the prophet Isaiah said? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Where are we placing our faith? In the Lord. Not in the television. Not in those talking heads that tempt us to fear. And does that mean there's not something to be afraid of, folks? I'm not going to say that. Because there'll be people that would beat me up for saying something like that, first of all. And that's not what I believe. I believe there are things to fear. I'm not going to run out in front of a tractor trailer, okay? I'm kind of afraid of that. I know that tractor trailer can't stop on a dime. True or false, John? John drives truck. People try to tempt him into crashing into them all the time. Ask him sometime. Talk with him at lunchtime. He'll tell you some of those stories. I get to hear them as they're happening sometimes. But now I want to recap just a couple of things, okay? Faith protects believers from the hellfire, burning temptations that the wicked throw at us. Faith quenches the fiery darts of temptation. Your face is above all, overall, a shield created by the living God. It's the light of Christ that completely covers and protects you. Our spiritual strength, our strength comes from Almighty God in Christ. We are strong when the Word of God abides in us. And we overcome the wicked one by the living Word, which is Christ. Christ in us, Christ on us. The shield of faith is the most important aspect of our protection. Faith is conviction of the truth that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider of eternal salvation. Where is our salvation found? In Christ. Our faith in Almighty God and Christ as our Savior. That is our trust and our fidelity. It's ongoing faithfulness to God. Salvation in Christ empowers faithful obedience to God. Salvation in Christ empowers faithful obedience to God. Faith smothers fiery temptations. The just live by faith, not fear, because Christ is our armor, and we are shielded from giving in to temptation. We've got to remember these things, folks. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember that the enemy is always trying to take you out of Christ, out of your armor, take away your shield of faith. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to doubt the truth of God's Word. 
There was a woman just the other day, Chris and I were down at the Dollar General, and she recognized me. She watches online, and she said, Pastor John, I really want to talk to you about my granddaughter. I didn't remember her. I probably had met her at some point in time, but I don't remember. And she said, my granddaughter's being led away. She's starting to doubt whether God even exists. And this is what the world's doing to our children. It's doing it to our our great-grandchildren, our grandchildren, our teenagers especially. The young people are being taught to doubt that God even exists. And we need to strengthen them in the power of God's might to understand that He is real. And part of the way that we do that is by resisting temptation because we can show our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that the power of God comes upon us and gives us the strength to say no. The enemy uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And he uses the temptation to fear, to draw us to trust in things outside of Christ, even ourselves. And as I confessed, I'm guilty. I, I do sometimes lean upon myself. I think, what am I going to do? How can I fix this? And I gotta turn to God. And I think all of us, to some degree, we, we want to be people that stand on our own two feet. We want to say, yes, I can take care of this. We need to remember to go to God in prayer first. We have to always remember that in Christ we're empowered by faith to overcome temptation by shielding fiery darts. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are weak without Your Word. We are unable to overcome the wicked one without Your living Word, which is Christ. We know that the shield of faith is the most important aspect of our protection because Your Word tells us above all, take the shield of faith. We know, Father, that we need You every hour of every day. We know that You exist. We know that You're the Creator and Ruler of all things, the Provider of eternal salvation. We know that Jesus is the Messiah. We know, Father, that we can trust You We can place our faith in You. Lord, we believe. Help us with any unbelief. Strengthen us in the power of Your might. We know the enemy is always aiming to get us to step out of Christ. We know that he wants us to doubt You and the truth of Your Word. We know these things that he uses as fiery arrows, the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, among other things. We know that He tempts us to fear. Strengthen us, Lord, that we would not fear, that we would walk mightily in faith. I pray this for all that are within the sound of my voice and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.